Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to the Ganymede and Titan episode commentary for Series 3, Episode 4, Body Swap. All one word. And we'll also be covering the Series 3 deleted scenes a bit later on. Uh, I'm Ian Symes and with me is Jonathan Capps. Hello. John Hall. Hello. Danny Stevenson. Hello. And from the official Red Dwarf fan club, Joe Sharples. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to start playing the episode. So we'll have some beeps and then on the sixth beep you will press play. You know Goodbye. what there ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv And there is the Red Dwarf ship going past, and that proves that we're watching Series 3. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the, that Star Wars noise. And with the slightly differently timed whoosh at the beginning of each episode of say, Series yeah. 3. That is bizarre. Which I presume they decided it sounded good when they finished <laughs> editing the music. They thought, oh, we'll just stick it on. It could well have been like the last thing I to u- happen in the end. I used to be able to tell the episode from the timing of the whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't anymore. That's no, we all get older. <laughs> we lose these vital pieces of knowledge. I really like that logo with the ring. Uh, this is the first episode ever to be shot uh, without a studio audience indeed and um, Craig Charles was rubbish at lip syncing yeah (laughs) well that's a big thing is that was it really necessary why didn't they just do impressions it's interesting isn't it because you see that would almost make more sense because it's a body swap so it's, it's the vocal cords are still the same yeah so you could argue impressions would be a more realistic way. Yeah, because the brain is telling doing them to it. talk in yeah. that particular way. Regardless of how terrible Craig Charles is at impressions, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, just having Chris Barry impersonating Craig would be. Yeah, well, fun. you can see how it works on the deleted scenes, mm. um, and I think maybe in the documentary there's a clip of it. And yeah. Chris is spot on, as you'd expect. Yeah, Craig, that's good. The problem with it is that Craig spoke too fast for Rimmer. Yeah, yeah. I was like an animal. I was like an animal. <laughs> Which meant that Chris Barry had to match his lip movements and made himself sound silly. <laughs> yeah. Who's? Mike Agnew was the. Um, I was just about to say, yeah. Mike Agnew was defending. It is kind of weird, isn't it? Because this episode. Um, the timing and everything seems to be spot on in terms of the audience reaction whereas you can argue that in Seven there are issues Mm. and it's kind of odd I suppose you'd argue that maybe because they're right in the middle of recording episodes for with an audience that they were into the rhythm of of knowing how it would work and how that particular yeah that sort of era of audience was you know responding to certain things yeah so it's um, but it's strange. You, I really don't think you would know. I oh, think well, I may, didn't know I think, for years. I mean, I think I think maybe I can tell now. But I mean, you know, yeah. you don't really know once once you found out whether you're just making it up. Speaking of the audience, for this series here's an interesting fact. 
A uh, guy I used to work with uh, called Neil Gallery was a runner on Series <laughs> Neil 3. Neil Gallery? Yeah. Is he a vision mixer? <laughs> he's, a direct, he's a studio director. So yeah. <laughs> he, li- he just likes galleries so much. He even changed his name. But, uh, he was a runner on Series 3 back when his name was Neil Runner. Um, <laughs> He one of his main responsibilities was um, looking after the audience, and he said that while it was better on series three than he'd heard that it had been on series one, they were still struggling to find people to fill the studio That's audience at that weird. point. And he yeah, but did the thing of going into pubs and asking people to come along. That's at far along. Point. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't think. I suppose fandom must have really kicked off around season three, wasn't it? Yeah. Series three. Well, then you think back to Crichton, and you can basically hear the, the whole audience clicking with the show. You'd imagine mm. that would be yeah. a starting yeah, point after that. Yeah. yeah, at the very least, those same people would go back to watch it again. Yeah. This is the first episode where Robert Llewellyn isn't completely shit, isn't it? He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not bad in Polymorph. In fact, he's really oh, good Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. no, sorry. Yeah, Polymorph. You're right, yeah. He's, he's pretty good in Polymorph. And it's, it's hard to say, because like, Marooned... He's terrible in it, but he's only got about three lines, yeah. so it's not not terrible. It's not too noticeable. This is a great scene. Mm. <laughs> Your whole opening—it might be one of the strongest openings Red Dwarf's ever had, actually. This whole sequence, yeah, and quite atypical. And you get a really, really big sort of payoff and gag, like what five minutes into the episode, like mm. you know, maybe a bit more. Yeah, it's like it, it's like a, a whole compressed episode like yeah. this, you know this yeah, is a yeah, yeah, it could be like an extended sketch yeah you know what this whole section would work as if um, Red Dwarf had to do something for comic relief like a special comic relief sketch yeah it could yeah. just be this sequence and the climax is yeah, yeah. is that and it, it'd be exactly the right length and that's what they could do yeah with a proper punchline yeah there's a lot of stuff like that in three, isn't it? I mean, the whole of Marooned is often said, you know, oh, it'd be you know a good stage play yeah. because it's so you know the audience. Forward. So the audience reaction here is really interesting. They actually do go ah yeah. like that. Oh, wobbly! <laughs> that well, is that is a ridiculous face from Mr. Charles. That is a very difficult thing to do. Is that um, an acorn keyboard that? It is actually? an acorn keyboard that I used as um, That's a, a screen, a screen grab, grab yeah. for my for my article. Yeah, <laughs> that article should have been on GNT. Treacherous. Oh, acorns are amigas, right? Yeah, um, the BBC ones. It's in BBC series, Micro. In se- yeah, in yeah. series one yeah. and two. Yeah, no, that's that's a BBC Micro keyboard. It's a Commodore sixty five in series one. Oh yeah, the the first design. Yeah, yeah the sort of darker design. Ah, uh, keyboards. <laughs> Stupid woman. I think that's a bit sexist. <laughs> what an absolute slag. Sexual <laughs> <laughs> or otherwise. It never explained why um, her clearance is uh, rejected. No, it isn't. Is also, it? that's a shitty I, security. You see, I <laughs> always, I always reckoned that um, the system somehow figured out that, that it was it a body swap. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't her. You know, something about it, some like DNA or a fingerprint or a retina or something. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, these the subtitles there say "think face" rather than "freak face." Think face. Think face. F I N K face. <laughs> yeah. 
if this scene was in series 10 um the deadpan um ship voice would be a whole Tony. character <laughs> wouldn't it and it would say no I've detected your body swap <laughs> or something along those lines not to shit on 10 <laughs> but it's that's our new hobby in the East Forecast <laughs> yeah. to say all the stuff that 10 didn't do correct and, um, yeah, and not mention all the stuff that we loved about it <laughs> yeah. which is the majority in my case um isn't it really weird that what comes out of the machine is a generic milkshake with, with a label mm, yeah. on it and then a toffee fucking crisp? <laughs> but is that the, not odd? the logo is slightly changed on the toffee crisp. It says toffee crispy. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just I never enough. noticed. I've yeah. been moaning about that for years and I never actually looked at it. <laughs> fucking hell. But then at this time, especially, what branded milkshakes could it have been? Don't know. That's one of them sort of garage bottle, isn't it? Yeah. That's the point. Was Yazoo around? Yeah, it looks like a Yazoo shaped bottle. I mean, this is really the nub of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is interesting actually looking at the lighting in this episode and seeing where it differs from mm. the other episodes where they could yeah. make it. <clears throat> yeah, this different. particular scene is darkly lit more so than it would be. It's a nighttime scene, yeah. Yeah, but even so, like nighttime scenes have occurred throughout. Yeah. It's always been oh. pretty much the same. But there's more shadows there than certainly yeah. the rest of the. Uh, On a, the in a similar vein, early like when um, Lister orders, um, it goes to the vending machine. That um, sort of corridor, that um, lighting rig, it's exactly the same one from the end. You know, it is, yes. And, all of, and it looks so different because it's, it's got, now oh, been demolished. Yeah. Well, it's interesting it's actually, isn't it? Because that's. Um, it looks different in some ways. In other ways, it looks quite similar. It's the one visual link you've got mm. between Series 1 and Series 3, yeah. apart from the ship, yeah, obviously. It's just lit a little bit more um, creatively, I guess, at this, at this point. And they stuck a silly dispenser at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is this the only, like, sort of true... Well... The only episode with like full on bunk room scenes, like in there in three. bed, yeah, in series three, not ever. <laughs> um, there's there's things that approach it in the last day, but then oh, maybe yeah. positioned a bit differently, like rooms at the table. I think at one point, yeah, and time slides as well. Yeah, have got similar. Um, but yeah, from both lying down. But then again, you never get much it? of that. Even early on, because that you know maybe Rimmer would be pacing about. Or yeah, Rimmer would be pacing about, but in balance. Of yeah, balance of power. I think it is. They actually have, you know, that that sort of shot of just Rimmer looking up and being obstructive to mm. this day is, you know, a similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah in, in terms of the structure of the writing, it's definitely an older style one by this point. Yeah, you could actually imagine body swap being done in series two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's very which isn't the case so. with something like polymorph, polymorph would never or yeah. backwards. Yeah. Or polymorph um, is the first of its kind. Yeah. Maru and oddly, uh, I'd argue this is actually more of a series two-ish episode than something like Marooned, which is mm. often cited as mm. more of a classic style. But actually, you never really got the just in one room two-hander. You never yeah, well, really got yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was. A, I think it needed to be a minimum of series three so that the audience were and the writers were as familiar with the characters <laughs> yeah. as they were. Yeah. It would seem odd to spend that much time talking about the finer details of their lives before you'd got the gist now this is a bit of a strange sequence and I think I don't know whether it's because they recording it without an audience they could do more of this or whether it's just the way the writing went there's more of a kind of montage you feel yeah. about a lot of these yeah. kind of short 
sequences. But not with the the sort of pace of editing that you'd normally associate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it took me ages to get what that scene was getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, but part of the problem is it doesn't look like he's at a urinal. It just no. He's in, an, in a corridor with his cock out. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> I was like, at first I thought, is something terrible happened to Lister's penis? And <laughs> shocks. It just turns out it's just it's no, massive. It's just a racial stereotype. <laughs> um, isn't that an in-joke? Because Craig's, Craig's got, got a giant penis. cock, yeah. Is that true? Um, I don't know, Joe. that somewhere. <laughs> no comments. That sounds much, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> No, Joe was contractually obliged to look at Craig Charles's penis <laughs> once at Dimension Joe. <laughs> so come along in May. Ah, <laughs> uh, I want that entire table of food. <laughs> I oh, well, the mushroom looks, looks a bit off. Weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it all looks a bit strange. No, the hot honest. studio lights would be keeping it warm and friendly. <laughs> but it's largely made of plastic. <laughs> and that's well. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the most now, realistic chicken I've ever seen. I'll, I'll tell you what gets oh, me. Oh, the bit, pig, that's why. The bit with the gravy pouring it over the head. <laughs> I don't actually believe that, however hungry you'd be, <laughs> no, you, you would actually do that. that I think you'd be more concerned gravy. with putting it in your mouth. <laughs> he does all his own stunts. <laughs> Lister can never drink properly. Every time he's seen swigging, it always he's goes swigging. all over himself. Because even that was just a little swig of wine. It wasn't like he was downing it. He yeah. still managed to spill it down himself. Also, he's just had a shower. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. No, so that scene is not believable in, in the context of a body swap. It's ruined uh, the entire series. Yeah, man. it has. He's having a lovely little cigarette. Rimmer oh. would not allow smoking in the bunker room. <laughs> Because of his no smoking sounds. Yeah, exactly. I seem to recall the intro, the continuity announcement into the repeats of this in the um, 92, 93 repeat, 94, 94. repeat re-season was, um, da, 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 it's the Red Dwarf Diet! Kind of apparently, and I always thought that was a really weird continuity <laughs> announcement to do into that. It is, none of that business turns up until about ten minutes into the episode. So. Yeah. But just look at me now. This is a, you know, I don't think there's enough poking people in the eye jokes on, on television. <laughs> Danny doing a good job of falling over again. But, but again, it's quite... Lecherous It is a quite unread dwarf, that. It, it's, um, mm. you know... You I don't often you mean get the kind the... of bottom... <laughs> kind of stuff. And I see what you mean about, like, the sort of quick little... Yeah. Little scenes here and there, just like dotted about, showing what they're both doing. Of, yeah. Now, of course, that one would have been far longer if they hadn't electrocuted yes. Robert. <laughs> and, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Cat's hair in this episode is tremendous. Tremendously odd. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's all over the place. Yeah, that's the thing in series three had a different hairstyle in each episode. Mm. It's like. The theory being, if he changes his clothes that often, he changes yeah. as well. I have to say that reading in the nude joke is one of my favourites in the entire series. He wouldn't be reading in the nude, though, would he? He'd be smelling the book, so it wouldn't be anywhere near his cock. Yeah, it depends how big his cock is. 
It's a fair point. This whole episode boils down to the size of I, the members' penises. <laughs> I think this might just be showing our own issues and anger <laughs> rather than that. Chris is hung like a baby carrot. <laughs> is that what they're called, carrotists? Yeah, it is. Is it really? Yeah. There's, a Seriously? Sub, there's a subset of Chris Barry fans who call themselves carrotists and it's based on that line in Blackadder. You're joking. Says, I'm hung oh, like two petit pois and a baby carrot. I, I, I was taking a piss. That's no, a terrible... That's ridiculous. You idiots. Chris uh, Barry fandom scares me. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of slush. I'm not sure if he's that much of a fan of Chris Barry. <laughs> he's concentrating be. on his music. <laughs> Bach. Body Bach. Yeah, Body he's Bach. tremendously scarce in this episode. When I was a kid, I used to think that that was a skirt and he was just wearing it too low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not entirely clear what, what it is. It's, yeah, I think it's just something to... Girdle. stomach, yeah, push your stomach. Like I didn't corset. know what a girdle was for ages. This is probably this is some of the earlier Red Dwarf that I watched. So a lot of yeah. my memories of these are very very early on. When I, you know, or the ones I remember anyway, because like I think this video is the first video I owned, Bite Two. Yeah. <laughs> these these first these couple episodes around this time was the first ones I saw that was with open hours in between each recording. On one of the tapes off TV. Mm. I have a question. No. Why didn't he go and eat in another room? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that just boils down to why don't they not share bunk rooms? Yeah. Why yeah. don't they? But not I share can answer that. I, they don't share bunk rooms because actually they do need the company. They just don't want to admit it. Whereas here, he really should have just snuck off for a few hours. Well, I mean, I like. I like the company of Ian and Joe, but I don't sleep in the same room as them. <laughs> <laughs> only if you're scared. Yeah, only yeah. If I have a bad nightmare, I sometimes <laughs> curl up at the bottom of the bed, <laughs> like a t- scared dog. <laughs> this episode always gets me wondering about when Crichton's downtime actually is and how that all works. Yeah, it's very it's very inconsistent. It's one of the biggest uh, plot holes in the entire. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a theory about that. Go, go on. on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Danny, oh, you've disappointed us. I'm joking. Sure like, can, can you go and kind of, I don't know, could you, is he kind of half awake, so if you go up and start waving your cock in his face, he wakes up? <laughs> or or is he just asleep and you can do anything to no, him? He's just in recharge mode, maybe. Maybe it's like a... He's just plugged in. Yeah, yeah so he's plugged so, in. He's so not down, yeah. That's not downtime, is it? But it maybe once the thing's plugged in, it means you can't operate it. But I can uh, use my phone when it's plugged think in. Yeah, but your phone's not a robot. Think of it as phone. a laptop that's in hibernation mode, but yeah. still plugged into the mains. It's not doing anything. So you'd have to flip up his lid. You'd have to. So if, say, if he did wave your cock in his face, he would. It would be that would be like pressing the standby button on a. Is robot, that how you or open spacebar? Is that how you wake up robots by waving your cock? Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, I'm sorry. This is. And while this is happening, do robots dream of electric cocks? <laughs> I like how Crichton would be in like demo mode, so he's yeah. like, doing like sort of miming of <laughs> like like in Red Dwarf Eight, where yeah, he's being back in the red yeah, too. exactly like that, but not shit. But not yet. Now that bit's quite good. Yeah, it comes too soon after the data doctor. I'm still <laughs> scraping my eyeballs out. <laughs> there is an old uh, article on GNT where I praise the data doctor, as I seem to recall. 
Um, you've always been an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most misheard lines in Red Dwarf, pink, pink gudgeon. <laughs> Yeah, and that is one of many contrivances that Ian and John um, <laughs> uh, differences that they contrived to form a successful double act. <laughs> yeah, it was surprising how many people in that GNT thread said, "Yeah, I thought it was pink gudgeon," <laughs> <laughs> which that isn't Doesn't even a word. Yeah, no, it's nothing. Well, a gudgeon's a fish, isn't it? Is it? That's a sturgeon. Do we not get it still? Because I don't, to be honest. It's paint Goodyear down my sides. It's like the Goodyear. Oh, Goodyear! That's bullshit. It's one of them American references to start throwing in in this series, isn't it? Uh, Goodyear blimp's a British thing as well. I've seen one. I've seen it over football grounds. Goodyear. It would help if he just said Goodyear rather than Goodyear. Goodyear. Should have just called him a fat cunt. Well, it's just just how he speaks. He just speaks really quickly, doesn't he? No, this episode's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this this sort of thing is referenced quite nicely in um, Dear Dave. So like, I hate taking orders from you. No, so <laughs> don't don't tell me what to do because uh, don't give me an order because I'll have to follow it. And I hate following Actually, your I orders. I really, really do like that. Right, one. It is a really good line. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's quite body snatcher. In fact, it's. Very body snatcher. Yeah, is yeah. Mm, yeah. This is what body it's snatcher would have been. It's yeah. interesting. I never thought. Well, this that. is Rimmer yeah. it's, it, at his most unstable. It's sort of what body similar. snatcher would have been if he had Crichton around to help him in yeah. the next. That's yeah. a really good point. Rather than the problem of it being the scutters and yeah, all the production uh, problems that would come with that. That's really weird because I've never actually thought of that. And I fucking love body snatcher, and I've never actually made that link. But you're absolutely right. Mm. So we're coming into possibly the best special effects sequence Red Dwarf ever did. And so yeah. thanks to um, Doug and Ed in the remastered process thinking, eh, do you know what, let's just <laughs> replace it with the cheapest, most basic CGI we can is, find. Is, is that our remastered comment? <laughs> yeah, at least the, it didn't yeah. come right at the start of a fucking episode the like it sa- normally does. The sound mix on the remastered version of Body Swap is really weird. The audience uh, track is really, really low. Yeah, uh, it is, On this actually, particular yeah. episode. Um, it's odd. So, yeah, maybe they didn't have source of the, you know, the clean track. It would have been hmm. recorded when it was played to oh, an audience. So it's all studio mics. So no, like because they the wouldn't. Yes. Oh, actually, no, yeah. No, because they might have taken it from the actual episode, I suppose. Yeah. That's just a guess. Yeah, I've just said stage mics. There it's the weird, really weird ADR line, isn't it? Needs a pilot midget. To be honest, I never, I never noticed it for, for you know, till it was pointed out to me. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm remastered. I'm remastered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, no. No, I misunderstood that as well. I remember in Series 2 uniform. You think of any other thing. Oh, that shot. <laughs> White midget is a really weird thing to have still have in there, to be fair. Yeah, I can see so why they wanted spotted. to. I, th- I don't know whether they did spot it and just thought we can't really adequately fix that. Because mm. they, dis- they made the decision to go for Starbug after that location shoot. And maybe they just thought, you know what, if we try and fix that, it's going to look weirder than just leaving one yeah. digit in, mm-hmm. especially in 1989. <laughs> that is really Grateful impressive. of donuts. <laughs> yeah. And the 45. Oh, I always get really hungry when I see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've really just realized this is really the only episode where everyone, he's fucking running around with a gun. Yeah, it's, it's quite, dark, you yeah. know. Um, and then, of course, it's undercut by the fact that we he, we then reveal we never use it. But 
Maybe I'm just slightly more sensitive to gun stuff at the moment, considering. Mm. I don't know, but... Um, well, it's not the first, it's... it's not the last time, is it? Because Lister's got a sawn-off shotgun in last day. Yeah, is but it? for combating a... Yeah. yeah, it's when you're holding oh, up against okay. your face, yeah. your own face, that's, you know. In fact, wasn't uh, a repeat of this pulled because of that at I some point? I seem to recall on, of um, something on... UK, on UK Gold or G2, as it was. I think it was, I think you're um, right. Yeah. Around the same time that Out of Time got pulled for the same reason, because it was at a time when BBC Two were repeating some, and uh, UK G2 were repeating some as well. Well, it's that whole thing of it being... a a recognisable gun rather than a sci-fi gun. Yeah. If it had been a sci-fi yeah. gun, you would be less worried. Yeah. It's a really old sort of turn of the century yeah. gunpowder like pistol, a musket. Yeah, that's it. Look yeah. at that. That is an astonishing shot. Yeah. Love it. That is. Uh... And coming up is uh, the GNT relaunch image from 2004. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever done ever, uh, and I've never, I've never beaten that. Right there. That, that is a great <laughs> shot, though, isn't it? Oh dear. It fucked up the set. And you get the old um, colour problems. Oh, with sparks, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the uh, tube cameras. The yeah. This is still that like one-inch tape, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe. but it's not the tape, it's the studio it cameras that uh, okay. um, cause that. It's the, um, it's the old tube studio cameras. Uh, oh, the you big don't, yeah, you, you don't go that as soon as you get to Series 4. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they yeah they've got better, better kit in London <laughs> Manchester is a very backwards well, place well it's really strange because you know this series just does look odd full stop and it looks odd compared to series 1 and 2 which were shot in the same studio mm. the picture quality has always been slightly different yeah and kind of not bad I really like it no. but just, just kind of it's got this well, that's that thing you normally say about um, this is them pushing that studio that old studio to the limits mm. you know they're they're clearly outgrowing Manchester at this point. I oh, see. I wonder. It's partly that, and I do wonder whether partly this series needed more editing, and I wonder whether it's a couple of generations down to what we got in there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We got in series one, two. It's certainly is... more sort of grainy and a bit more distant looking. Imagine yeah. editing under those sort of constraints, like every time. I can't imagine linear editing. I'm no, like, I know. I'm a professional editor. <laughs> yes. and I can't imagine how I would have done my job ten years. Like, well. 10 15 years ago, Peter did quite my stepdad did quite a lot of linear editing when we first got a camcorder, mm. and um, it was uh, this sweet whole like, visual uh, video studio or something like that. And it had this box that you plug in your VHS, you plug in your camera, and you time code everything. And he edited, get, edited together <laughs> the videos in that sort of linear fashion yeah. of like logging time codes and then running it through. It was really fascinating, but fucking time consuming. Yeah, you know, in all seriousness, that's probably the most interesting thing we've said about this episode. <laughs> It wasn't about this episode, but yeah, never mind. I just talked over it the was end near this episode. <laughs> a great ending to that episode. Yeah, another good punchline. Yeah, I like it when two or three of the crew are laughing at each, uh, like, yeah, laughing at with someone. each other at someone else. It's oh, just yeah. a nice sort of ah, ha ha end of the episode freeze frame. <laughs> Christine Hamilton works on this series. <laughs> and you notice that the the um, the. Uh, crew credits don't disappear at the top in this oh, series. Oh god, which is another kind of word. Oh, maybe they do. No, no they no, don't. No, they don't know. That's the most interesting thing anyone's ever said about body swap. <laughs> Yay! 
Right, well done everyone, we got through it. Now let's uh, have a listen to the series three deleted scenes. So and once watch again, them. yeah, we'll watch them as well. well fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what? While we're here. <laughs> so, once again, some pips, as John Hoare told me off for saying beeps before. Yes, pips. Some pips, and then play the deleted scenes, please. And while you change this to series three, disc two, his little music. Feeling that all these are presented essentially as shot. <laughs> <laughs> that on it. No, there's no sound. Oh, it's these really useful captions. Yeah, yeah, that They're give good. context. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I don't really know why everyone doesn't use them. And it tells us that these are the really not very funny <laughs> intros. Yeah, uh, Hattie Hayridge in the style it's of quite, I do actually like how blunt they are at times, and sometimes <laughs> they're. Uh, and it'd be interesting, you know, with a bit of background music and all the effects and everything, they wouldn't feel, I mean, they feel a bit weird and stilted because it's just, you know, it's not part of the opening like it was mm. with one and two. But. I think you can tell that she's reading it, whereas that's never the case with Holly. That, that, so, with Hattie, rather. So that, yeah. It's like she learned her lines properly for the full episode, but these must have just been given to her at some point as like, try this out, yeah, because she's clearly reading. Yeah, well, I, the, 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 some of them aren't even jokes. That one about challenge Annika and then saying, "Oh, it turned out to be a mirage in the end." It's like, well, that's not a joke. That's just an explanation of what you <laughs> said. <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing there. Literally, uh, the only thing that might possibly be there is let's reference challenge Annika and hope we get a laugh. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, well, it would have been treasure hunt at this point rather than challenge Annika. I think I think Challenge Annika came later. Did the they say Challenge Annika or did they say... No, they, did they say... They just mentioned Annika Rice. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, just just right. for directions to Coventry Cathedral. Yes, all right, you're quite right. So I'm yes, talking. I know. Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've fucked up. I'm embarrassed now. Good. It's interesting, like, removing that this is, you know, another element that would have been carried over from one and two that, mm-hmm. you know, was kicked in the head. It just kind of adds to the, the fresh feeling of the series, really. Well, how it's would, definitely a correct decision. How would they have incorporated it with a new style title sequence? Yeah. would be an interesting thing to ponder. Yeah, and had the new style title sequence been thought of at the time these were shot, or was yeah. that all decided in the edit? And a generic opening with, like, you know, a, a new joke bolted on that really slows down... The episode really, yeah. You know, it, it, you've just seen the title sequence, and you've got something else that's familiar. You see, it doesn't really help that the. I mean, I really love the title sequence for series one and two, but it's very deliberately very slow, and then it can lead you into something like that. Yeah. But yeah. when you've just got a fast-paced title sequence, the last thing you want is something that slows you down. Yeah. You want to go straight in. Yes. They just said that Wilma Flintstone's got three kids. Is that true? Pebbles, Bam Bam. 
No. No. Bam Bam is a yes. uh, one kick. Barney's. He's a rubble. He's a rubble. Yeah. Um, there might be a late series. Might be a legitimate. A dungo. That is a fucking ridiculous <laughs> outfit. <laughs> I mean, look at it. Uh, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. uh, None of it works. Don't sound <laughs> like, If Rimmer has the ability to switch to backward speech mode, why doesn't he try to translate everything all the time? Why doesn't he switch it? Uh, well, maybe he's learned it. That one line. Yeah. yeah, he's learned it for the act. Yeah, he's learned it vertically, like most people have tried. My problem is if you're doing that. None of it works. The whole thing is bollocks. <laughs> it doesn't work. Don't try to think works. No. It hurts my head. I, I, I spent about a day thinking it did, and then I realised it didn't. <laughs> it's backwards, even when it's backwards. Uh, it's still the, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really weird, because it just doesn't ruin the episode at all. Even though it, it doesn't work, you still it took just me, see it at face value. And just it took it. me about five or six years to figure out that anything was wrong with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I yeah, think you know, it flows as an I episode really well. I think it's really because well, so. it's such a kind of mad idea that if the script keeps referencing that everything's going backwards, you just kind of accept it and you don't think. Yeah. Because yeah. no one's got an idea in their head of exactly how things work when they're backwards. So. Yeah. You can really do a lot of bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all the sort of the, just the, it's the little parlor tricks, like showing like you know just video in reverse is just a new idea to people anyway. So that is true, actually. Yeah, it's um, it was just a novel thing. What was that face that Chris did then? <laughs> what the fuck was that? I think it was Bob Monkhouse impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Dirty boy. Uskinom, I think he called him. Uskinom. Effects issues. Oh, this fucking thing. Oh, it's oh which was, as I recall, um, they'd lost most of the rest of the um, marooned rushes, rushes yeah, and this time. was taken from the smegups. Yeah, and the oh, uh, yeah, the conclusion, <clears throat> or the obvious conclusion, is that it got lost around about the time that it was pulled out for the smegups, yeah. smegups yeah. because obviously there's outtakes from marooned as well. Um, it's a disaster, however yeah. you look at it, this sequence. <clears throat> but the fascinating thing is, is um, Red Dwarf um, was one of the very first shows to show a, de- a deleted scene yeah. ever in a UK yeah. TV show, because this was in Smeg Outs. Yeah. Um, um, well, it's... before that, the um, original ending of Outer. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So this um, was kind of thrown in because it was expected. It's like, oh, God, the, this is what, shit. At least it's interesting. See, what gets me about this, and I can't figure out why, they did the head-on-a-table thing perfectly in Stasis League, mm. yeah. and then they completely do the worst possible yeah, yeah. job. Maybe it's to do with uh, uh, the mask reacts to the light in a different way to Possibly, a human yeah. head. It's, I mean, every single effect in this sh- sequence doesn't work. The taking the head off doesn't work, the little thing they had. The head on the table doesn't work. Is the thing doesn't work. And the, the kind of body thing that yeah. showing naked Crichton doesn't work. Every single thing they attempt in that sequence is bullshit. Oh, yeah. really terrible, like, mask that I've never noticed either. Like, the actual, the matte line. Yeah. But the yeah. one thing I'd say, and it's obviously not what they're going for, but... It's that thing where, because each effect, and especially that, that thing coming out the head, wiggling, it gives it a really creepy air. So even yeah. though none of it is actually works and is right, and it wasn't what they were going for, I watched that and I'm just really creeped out by it. <laughs> Which it's kind of has its, own, it has its own kind of, you know, interest for that. But, yeah. um, 
Oh, no, it's, it's definitely one of the more interesting ones because it is. It's interesting to see Red Dwarf failing at something. Yeah. Because yeah, usually when it didn't fail very yeah. often. Yeah. But at least they had the, and what replaced that would have been the voiceover Holly sequence that it's not a drill, this is a drill, which gave us that joke and a wooga. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Some of the most iconic things about Holly's character. Yeah, that's where Craig Charles got it from. Yeah, and later Justin, no, John Fashioner, not Justin Fashioner. No. He didn't take anything from Craig Charles. It's just a rumour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is fascinating. Proper close up look. It's the fact that they actually uh, thought that they'd be able to show all this in the episode and it's taken. Well, this is, yeah, this is. um. It's all this, it just takes forever. Yeah, well, actually, as it's presented as shot, yeah. they were yeah. intending to cut this down and make it montage maybe. Which yeah. they did, really. Giving themselves all the options. That's a great shot. That's a lovely shot. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is just basically roll the cameras and you know, yeah. see what happens. It, this is basically the rushes that have been shown. It's And actually, you know what? I think it stands up pretty well to close inspection, that, mm. that thing. Some of the movements, I mean, yeah, the thing coming out at the top doesn't really work. But and when the you... sound effects are bizarre. It's just someone eating. <laughs> it is. It's sort of just going nom 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 like that. It's really weird. So it would have been beefed at some point. Yeah. We're going to sort it out in the dub. Just stock effects, stock sound. <laughs> I really like her, Francis Barber. She's Francis quite scary Bacon. on Twitter. She's quite scary in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The lack of eye. <laughs> it really, um, it really hits home how long ago this episode is when you see her in Doctor Who, actually, yeah. because you know she's she's, she's an old, old woman. woman yeah. She well, she probably looks, I don't know, like the permed hair probably looks a bit more older than she actually is. Mm. But. I have to say the fade out on uh, on Danny's grin there almost <laughs> makes it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Polymorph is an absolutely extraordinary episode to attempt to film in front of an audience, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's oddly almost more challenging than a lot of um, gunmen mm. is. Well, because, yeah, not, none of it's, <clears throat> it's all on set, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, apart from the... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, engine, the, the, engine, the hold, yeah, the box room. <laughs> the, yeah, one that's supposed to look like uh, the end of um, Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark and didn't. Well, yeah, uh, like on the audience night, well, did they have to? They would have done the snake on the I, Thursday, wouldn't they? And, yeah, uh, maybe even the polymorph on the like all the polymorph shots on the Thursday. So I guess the rest is just scenes like this, isn't it? I really wish they'd kept that sequence, the yeah. longest standard sequence, which makes you the asshole, <laughs> asshole. It's really good. It's not a very dwarfy word, though, asshole. Asshole. Asso is quite a good yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. Arsehole would have been better than asshole. Yeah. But then. That's why it's Crichton doing the. Crichton catch yeah. voices, yeah. Yeah, they're like one's American, one's Canadian, so. Very, very, very. Vaguely, in both yeah. cases. There's lots of. Um, exclamation marks and brackets on the subtitles. Well, that was just that show sarcasm. sarcasm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Weird sense of deja vu. This this, <laughs> this was a good cut. You didn't need any of the uh, extra stuff here. Yeah, he's just he's holding you up before yeah. he reveals the we, plan, which we've already got to in advance, probably. We're, we're already you, you, there. The, the audience is like so far ahead of this dialogue. Yeah. What so was like, as soon as the body swap concept is introduced, you, yeah. it yeah. doesn't you take know. long to think. As oh, soon, yeah, as soon as Rumor starts looking, well, it's like, right, yeah, okay. You know. <laughs> well, who is it that said that um, any time that um, the characters are, uh, are taking a longer time to get to a conclusion than the audience, then you've got a problem? It might have even been something you said, but it's, it makes me. It's I'm true. not sure some, something that Doug might have said, or like when characters are being obstructive, it's a really horrible experience because, yeah. you, you know, yeah, 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 you're being held start, back. It brings you out of it and stops yeah. you laughing. You just think, well, why are you being so fucking stupid? That's not how people. <laughs> well, and, it's, and it's true in, in drama as well. It, yeah. it reminds me of um, when Russell was <clears> writing um, Dark Season and he said that he used to get annoyed at the Doctor always being behind the audience. Yeah. So when he wrote Dark Season, he made the lead character someone who was always there with the audience and she was never held back. She always knew as much yeah. as the audience did. And you could really apply that to anything. There's there's rarely a good idea. It sometimes is. But um, it has to be for a particular reason, not just to pad out five minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you can have it so that the audience is um, at the same pace as all but one character. Yeah. And there's one character who doesn't realise what's going on yet, but the rest do. And yeah. so you've still got that connection and it's... It's one person being stupid for comedic effect yeah, rather yeah, than everyone yeah, yeah, being yeah. stupid for the sake of a plot. Yeah. It's difficult when the leader is is stupid in particular. Uh, oh, mate, I want some eggnog. <laughs> it's Christmas. It is Christmas. Uh, probably won't be when we release this, so let's pretend that it's not Christmas. I hope you had a fucking awful <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I hope everyone <laughs> listening to this died at Christmas. <laughs> Why is he putting it in his face? This is bollocks. You don't eat cake like that. If you want it in your mouth, you put it in your mouth. <laughs> isn't it interesting? This is bullshit. Isn't it interesting to see how many like sort of really stupid moments like that just like got cut mm. um, out of these early series? Like, there's some episodes that could have felt a lot closer to like, oh, that's why the fuck is that happening that you get with series eight or seven? It's, um, there was a few close calls, wasn't there, in the yeah. early days? Because that is not that, none of that scene is particularly funny either. I quite like the no, yes stuff, but um... what's weird is Rimmer, shortlisted, grabbing a light bulb that isn't even hot. What? It's in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think they should have kept. Shelf. I think they should have kept that. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> now the light doesn't work because he's pulled the light bulb off the shelf. <laughs> it's basically like I think Craig Dem- probably did that with an apple or something in the BBC canteen. <laughs> <clears throat> it seems yeah. like one of those things that Doug uh, Bob would have noticed. In it goes. Oh, give me a pot pie. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem um, with pulling There's, an aw- there, there's actually it's an awful lot of um, over explanation in this episode that was cut. More than. Yeah. I mean, Most. honestly, this scene needs to get the fuck on with it. <clears throat> there we go. <laughs> I think they should have done more testicle jokes in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about the bloody teeth. Get to the funny comedy stuff. But there is nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this a massive... Long game piece of continuity that <laughs> it sets up here in a deleted yeah. scene that Lister's got problems with his teeth, and then it's just a bicuspid now. 
And then um, his tooth gets sneezed off in a rubber. His what? Tooth. His, you his, say his tooth now, do you? I've always said tooth. Because he's an idiot. If you'd have been born about 30 miles to the west, you'd say tooth I've forbidden well. Tanya from saying tooth. She, she now says tooth. <laughs> She's literally not allowed to say Beating it out of her. Yeah, I've beaten it out of her. Absolutely. You're essentially works. a grammatical fritzel. Yes. Or Justin Lee Collins. John is not Justin <laughs> Lee Collins. Say again, Danny. I was saying this is just another one of the scenes where it goes on way too long with like and you know exactly what's going on, you don't need all this. Yeah. Interestingly, that's par four dogleg to the right, which is exactly the stuff mentioned in Maroon. <laughs> in the bunker behind the green. Yeah. What's weird about this is I I just this does not like something the cat would enjoy doing. No. It doesn't it's something you would enjoy job. doing. That's very true because it is all in the details and the simulation and it's yeah. more like Rim and his war games. <laughs> that's interesting shit, actually. Unless he's just playing along and well, just doing it just to appease Lister kind of thing. Or just you, to annoy him. <laughs> you, 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 do, just him off, yeah. you do get the thing with the, the, the one possible problem with time slides, which is that it starts with a problem with Lister that we've never seen before. And this is kind of part of the same thing where you've got to have Cat being the, um, you know... That's true, Being yeah. the opposite. And it just, it's... I don't think it's necessarily out of character and I don't necessarily think it was wrong. I just think you are throwing the audience into something that they're not used to. Mm. with the series yeah. you can totally see that in the days before Lister's just been getting more and more brooding but it may lead to a but that's for the time slides commentary <laughs> yeah. do you like the uh, bit scene in the background John? the what? the uh, burnt in time code on the yeah monitor. I do I really do yes yes uh, telly abbreviation I've never it? seen that kind of sort of ordered space background thing on I've never seen that before apart from on this I was um I was talking online to someone who'd done uh, the Amiga programs. Uh, I don't think it was used in season series three, but it was used in series two. two yeah. Uh, I was talking about, and he he actually created the backgrounds on the Amiga for use, and he had the original programs, and he was going to send me a copy of them, and then he died before he could send me them. That's <laughs> fucking selfish. <isn't> it? <laughs> Which is just the most bizarre thing. It's it's really odd. I didn't know he died. Yeah, he died. Shit. Yeah, I'm sorry was... to have to break the news to you when you're on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this scene is ah, strange. Gosh. Now, yeah. the weird thing is they it, it, it's mentioned that the the hologram box effect was unsuccessful. I don't think it is. I think it looks quite good. I think I like the problem the problem is you're focusing so much on that and not on what's actually being said. Yeah. Mm. Also, this is very similar to the hologram projection cage and is a very good case in point. When you're considering, like, just don't worry about the fact he's a hologram. We don't need stuff like this because it's just it's See, it's clunky. In, I know in that's way. true, but I love the idea so much that I almost wish they could have they could have done it. Uh, but I think see, the problem is it's when he pulls his hands out. How they shouldn't react like they shouldn't crumple out because yeah. he's just taking out. It's like it's like it's it should be like a, a plug-in, like a. <laughs> some sort of wireless device where he moves his hands and the hands move at the same time. Yeah. It's just... It's, yeah, they could But I, I, I like the idea so much. I just <clears> wish <throat> they could have done something with it that, that I know it doesn't work in a scene. But I suppose that's the problem. As soon as you start coming up with this kind of thing, all it makes you think is all the other stuff that holograms do that they shouldn't be able yeah. to. Yeah. And it starts other... making you think a bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's just distracting and unnecessary. Mm. 
But I do find it interesting they bothered reshooting. Yeah. Because apart from that, it's a successful scene. And you wonder Yeah, there's not why... too many dialogue changes. There isn't, but I think Chris's performance is much better in the reshot one. I think it just fits... Uh, my braces have just bust. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a smeg that's only from this deleted scene. He's in a different position in the main room. I never noticed that. You're oh, right. Look, that's the, he's got trophy guns. That's where he got his... Yeah, so you can see them in body swap yeah. as well. Oh, hello. What the fuck are you doing there? That's something quite strange. <laughs> That's a sweaty mask. Yeah, it does look dirty, doesn't it? Dirty. Dirty. He looks dirty. kind of like low Crichton. <laughs> oh, Gilbert. One of the best guest characters. Just just an impeccable performance. Yeah, one scene, one no, two scenes, I suppose, isn't it? From two scenes. Someone else who's now dead, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Time makes fools of us all. Especially you. <coughs> Do apologise. It's not good enough. <laughs> I like this line, appears to have appeared. <laughs> the appears to have appeared is slightly... I don't know whether I like that or not. I remember discussing with you several years ago how that was really good. I'd forgotten about that. I um, knew. We did an article about it or appears a news to post have appeared. We did an article about the line. Appears to have appeared. Did we really? No, Seriously? we did. When um, Robert Addy is it Robert Addy his name? Gilbert. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'm um, thinking Mark Addy. It's yeah. definitely not Mark Addy. <laughs> no, when he died, we did a like a, a little discussion of the character and how good he was. In did it. we? Yeah. Oh, well, I might change my mind since then. You're an idiot. Only in the 80s would a butler have a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Who is it that Kustark was married to? Was it Prince Edward? <laughs> it was. Was she going out yeah, of jail? I think so. I can't remember. It was definitely royalty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. she was connected to someone. I always thought rumour was R-O-O-N-E-R. Yeah. Not R U M O R. Well, what? you're definitely wrong <laughs> the because the subtitles are always correct, John. <laughs> it's the subtitles. Mr. Rumour to the yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure in the script it would, yeah. Not rumour as in I've heard a rumour. I always interpreted it as rumour, as in uh, I heard a rumour. <laughs> this is the really weird thing where you, now, now you know this is the deleted scene when you watch the final episode and you see the cutaway. And you know yeah. why the cutaway's there now. There's a weird little bit of repeated dialogue here as well, because he mentions toadying lackeys and sycophants, and that's mentioned in the beginning. Is it? On the simulant ship, yeah. When they're all oh, agreeing yeah. with what he's saying. Alright. Good. He so, mentions toadying lackeys and sycophants. So it's just weird. Doug's not only plundering his movie scripts <laughs> in deleted <laughs> scenes from 1989. No, no, it's in, the, it's in the proper episode still, but it's just weird how it's doubled up. Oh yeah, it is. I love how there is no explanation whatsoever as to why Rimmer isn't a hologram. <laughs> There's a good fan theories about it. Yes, about how having met a future version of himself as a child um, in the dorm room, he <clears throat> was more willing to believe uh, the events of Stasis League. That's fascinating, and isn't it? Put himself yeah. into Stasis. That's oh, that's very good. good. Yeah. Really, really. Uh, Isn't that a really like old that. one that was found on the the um, uh, news group? Uh, Curtis Threadgold's theory. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I can just say that has the phrase a quick nibble and then downstairs for a bite to eat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. I really like the way Hattie says thicky Holden there. That set is, is two walls and that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's a bit like the it's equivalent of like the um, medical room set in 10. It was, I think actually that was a one walled set. <laughs> it was. Might have had some sheets behind it as well. What I love about that joke, Deadpan mode, is that you, for one second, think that's the plot of the episode. The list has <laughs> got to die along with Crichton. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. for a split second, and then you get the revelation. But I remember distinctly when I first okay. saw it, thinking that's the plot. Well, it would be cr- weird if that was the case, because it meant that you wouldn't care if, if it was just Crichton that died, if they had to <laughs> add in that. It's, it's nice, Crichton sort of doing a joke because it's kind of like this is the start Gallows of him getting well. yeah of getting his person his own personality as well and his own sort of bit of cheekiness rather than being a little bit and too of an autonomous an episode autonomous <laughs> and then I'm right in saying that this was the last episode to be written because it replaced yes, it that was, yeah. Yeah. so they'll have known Robert a little better and it's definitely the start of Robert yes being good. it really yeah. is by a long There's way so much, it's, which is lucky it's <laughs> far closer to Camille than it is to even time slides yeah yeah, I think it's probably fine. We in time slides. He was just a butler, really, wasn't he? In the same way that in Me Squared, Rimmer is more similar to Easy in Series Two than he is to the rest of Series One. Yes, no. yes, absolutely, absolutely. Sweaty head. But how Not much here, it's better? Too sandy. This mask <laughs> is just light years ahead of what they did for Series Two. No, it is to be fair, and it's just a few months. You know, it probably wasn't even a year. Yeah, I suppose it's because. They made all their mistakes with that first mask. Well, yeah, so, but, I mean, on screen. The detail on this, I mean, it's not great, but the it's yeah. I mean, actually, you, with that mask, you would kind of think you'd 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 do it, and then you'd think, you know what, this is too hard. Yeah. Let's do something else. Yeah, let's have him. Yeah, that's my face, just my normal face. <laughs> that's where the money is. <laughs> oh, that they could have had that as Crichton's face. <laughs> There's a lot of mentions of Peterson in this series. Yeah, Peterson gets like he has a through line because he's he's mentioning out of time. Yeah, um, it's just a bugger that it wasn't him that came back in eight. in series yeah. eight. Yeah, yeah, because he's he too busy massively successful. successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was doing Shakespeare in Love at the time that um, series eight was yeah. recorded. Well, that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> a few things that's not as good as Series 8. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, actually. We should do a comment. It's not terrible, to be fair to it. Yeah. Uh, drifting off uh, again. Oh, this is weird, isn't it? This is really, they should have had it really during strange. the dialogue, not just after. <laughs> yeah. No, that is, it's the same thing again. It's oh, funnier yeah. to just have Hattie's face with the crown on yeah, and her doing, yeah. pulling a funny drunk face. Just why why gild the lily? You know, I suppose if you were going to do a drunken effect, you'd almost um, uh, have it the same as Holly in Future Echoes, where he's blurring yeah. in and out. That would work better. Yeah, it's but it'd still be a bit lame. But you know, yeah, it'd still be just unnecessary. I guess they're just you know trying little things out. Say, yeah. oh, we've got a new suite of video effects. Effect yeah. You know, they, yeah. they shouldn't. Quantel's got a new feature. Yeah. They shouldn't have had an effect on her at all. Um, like throughout the whole series, as we mentioned, I think in from the recent Dwarf cast, it should just be her face. Yeah, yeah. 
And they, they never just use a unfiltered no, face, do they? But it's still far better than um, Series 1, Holly. Yeah. Well, that was so inconsistent because that was just an analogue setting, wasn't yeah. it? Just it could have been different. That dial, it, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they get it pretty oh. spot on. I oh, wasn't expecting. <laughs> that was almost the length of a whole episode as well. That yeah, it's 26 minutes. That was an awful yeah. look. Actually, that's one of the most interesting batches of deleted scenes in terms of... Um, uh, failed stuff, things. Failed, yeah, yeah. failed... Uh, but ambition. There was, you know, they were over-ambitious throughout the series. Sometimes it worked. And you got yeah, an episode yep. of the quality of Backwards and you had... Maroon's narrative structure is ambitious mm-hmm. and the effects in Polymorph are ambitious. Well, they were try- it and was just there was then yeah. some things that then didn't work it, and they a- knew which ones were which. But it's amazing yeah. so much of it worked Yeah, in that series. I mean, if you look at the difference between series two and series three, what they're trying to do is such a ridiculous yeah. step up in production. Not necessarily, I think, in the concept of scripts. I don't think there's much step up, but in mm. terms of um, production stuff, oh, can we do this, can we do that? There's a there's a an massive... entirely new look for the show as well, and like sort of it's weird because you'd imagine them starting to do more and more ambitious things once they've got the basics sorted out, like they know the base look of the show and they yeah. know that those sets going to be set up in this way. But this was there's a new uh, production um, designer. All the sets are going to change, and also we're going to be quite ambitious with the, yeah, you know, with everything, everything else, all the extra and, stuff. And it would be ludicrously um, ambitious if you didn't then have to do it in front of an audience each night. Yeah, let alone. <laughs> and to be honest, to yeah, and that, like what they'd done in front of the audience before this series, you know, was it was still fairly straightforward. Like series three is, you know, relatively speaking, was series three is the first time that there was, you know, really. Because there was more happening, there was more ambitious stuff stuff being done on the Friday yeah. night, and yeah. um, whereas series one and two, a lot of it would it was two handers basically. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Apart from the odd little thing. So well, aren't we interested? They really dived in with the series, and it fuck it, it, it was what made the entire well, show. You see, it's interesting it's actually that Rob Rob Grant says um, that he wasn't that keen on series four because he felt there was a lot less of that. That it was a lot less ambitious. I don't uh, necessarily agree, no. but coming in from when you're doing series three to series four, maybe it's maybe just, I could see how he could feel. Yeah, like maybe that. he felt he feels like that because series three was such a huge leap forward, and yeah. series four from three is yeah. more of the same. Yeah, I'd maybe almost say like they could have yeah. added an extra element because then when you look at series five, it's more action in. It's a yes, different type so of story, is, yeah. so it's another huge step forward. And same with six and then with as six, well. yeah. And in fact, like. Three and four are probably. I think I've talked about this before. But three and four as a pair, following on from each other, is the smoothest transition, even more so <laughs> than one and two. No, yeah, that's true. Right, in Heavily terms of how they feel, yeah. and you know, it's definitely more of the same. If, the, if it happened, but then at the same time, they moved down to Shepparton and completely, you know, rejigged the entire production. That's the thing. Yeah, if they maybe that's re- why they didn't change so much. Change so much within it. Yeah. Well, if they if they hadn't moved to Shepparton, just imagine series four exactly how it is, but shot in the same place as three, so it would look like series three. Yeah, in it terms of it, yeah. it would be very, very odd. Yeah, because we yeah because the, the, there's always something. Distinct. I mean, with, with series four, its distinct thing is the actual look of it. The, the it, it looks a little bit brighter, and yeah. at least in my mind, a little bit cleaner. It's just different cameras, different yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it feels like series three refined, and you know, considering that they moved 
studios <laughs> um, is quite impressive that it still feels so... It's fascinating because, I mean, I know we always say it in terms of there's nothing that um, developed as much as Red Dwarf. No other, or not even sitcom full stop almost, no, that, yeah. that um, well, developed even yeah. visually compared to the way Red Dwarf did. Well, Red Dwarf had the scope but, as well to develop into whatever it wanted to it's do. It's true, but I mean, just, just thinking, thinking of other sitcoms, like most of them look fairly similar yeah. week in, week out, even taking into account different um, different different shooting. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really change that much. It's kind of odd. IT Crowd Series 1 and IT Crowd Series 2 were done at two different, um, two different studios, yeah. but it looks the same. Yeah, basically. I, could, I can't tell you any The set's any a little bit more... The set's nicer in Series 2, but apart from that, there's no distinct difference. There's nothing different with the visual look of the show. Whereas Red Dwarf never looks the same. No. Even when it's doing essentially the same thing, it never manages to look the same series to series. When there's Red Dwarf 11... You can guarantee that it will look distinct from Red Dwarf Ten. Yeah, it's like people come to work on Red Dwarf and they just it, it almost like it got this um, got this position of being a show where you know new things are always being tried and people would want to come onto the show and continue it's, that and keep. It's interesting yeah. actually because um, Russell, when he was talk about um, in the writer's tale, he says um, once Doctor Who came back in two thousand and five it will be very difficult for that show to ever die again because it's now defined itself as the show that came back. Yeah. So if Doctor Who ever goes again, it will come back because mm. it's already got back. And it's exactly what you just said. That with Red Dwarf, it's known as the show that changes. Yeah. So yeah. you can always mess around with trying to think. No one will ever say, oh, you can't change that because it looked different last series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the differences between series is one of the is one of the biggest sort of avenues of you know discussion in the fan community is what it's what makes the show so interesting is that you can the view them like almost film well they're numbered like films in a series yeah. it's mm. you know the, each film will always have a different goals different style mm. but still be ostensibly the same thing and it's and it's interesting to have, have that their favorites and yeah. yeah it's like also with the possible exception of series 10 and series 1 they're remarkably consistent in terms of people's opinions with them they either think the whole series is brilliant or the whole series is crap yeah. Yeah. whereas there's only the two book ending series where there is variation within it yeah. there's good and bad episodes I would say 7's close to that as well yeah there are yeah. some successful parts of 7 uh, but yeah it's just everyone and some people John would argue eight as well, wouldn't you? Um, a bit of mix. No, I can't really be bothered <laughs> no. anymore. Let's not. Let's not. It's it's Christmas. Let's not talk about that. No, it's not that. It's literally I can't be bothered arguing too much <laughs> about <laughs> positive aspects of Red Dwarf Eight anymore. Uh, I think we should leave these people alone now. Yeah, fair enough. We bothered um, you enough. But just uh, to briefly mention, Kustark, who is in a relationship with Prince Andrew before he married Sarah Ferguson. Lucky so that's Prince that's Andrew. all that cleared up. <laughs> and uh, so um, we'll be back with another dwarf cast at some point soon as we approach Red Dwarf's 25th anniversary, uh-huh. which will be exciting, won't Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if we did something for that? Yes, I wonder something. if we will. <laughs> uh, but until that point, a goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Bye.